0: I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I crazy. All right, everybody, so we have a really special guest today. And I know I say everybody is special, but Anthony Bupiani is really special. Number one, because he has one of the coolest names that I've probably ever come across besides my own. <laughs> And I immediately was drawn to him by some of his lingo on one of his YouTube videos. So I initially came across Anthony because, you know, in in this realm, you know, dealing with divorce, remarriage, custody, co-parenting, step-parenting, like it's it's a dirty, dirty game. And so seeing his method of delivery was so refreshing. So really quickly, this is something that I swiped from his website. So I'm just going to read it to you guys and tell you about him. Anthony offers divorce coaching to clients nationwide. Divorce is a grueling, gruelingly, I can't talk today, emotional experience. The pains involved make the process unbearable at times. And when kids are involved, <laughs> the process is much worse. Anthony uses his personal experiences, professional experience, and background in psychology to help guide clients through the process. His goal is to put clients in a better place mentally, emotionally, emotionally, physically. And financially than they were when they started the process. Anthony is the creator of the divorce course and the custody course. Also, as a young trial attorney, Anthony was named to the top national trial lawyers, lawyers 40 under 40. He's also named to the national trial lawyers top 100 list, which, by the way, these lists are actually very hard to get on. Anthony's located in Pennsylvania, but he offers coach, coaching. I cannot talk today. He offers coaching and online courses for people all over the world. Anthony, what's up, man? How are you? Well,
1: good, Naja. How are you?
0: So, the topic that you and I are going to talk about today, and this is near to near and dear to me. And I didn't know, you know, you mentioned something in there about your own personal experiences, and I didn't know you had a psychology background either. But yeah. divorce. And yes. people calling their exes Narcissist, every I feel like everybody that's gone through a breakup or some sort of divorce, separation, whatever, is a narcissist. But you specialize in helping your clients through these high conflict separations when they're actually dealing with people that are uh, personality disordered, which is a nice way to put it, right? Yes, yep, yeah. So the, the, the title of this is, is kind of vulgar, you know. You guys know I'm trying to clean up my language for 2020, but um. <laughs> You know, like Anthony today is going to help us to deal with crazy bitches, especially while we're dealing with. That's what he's going to do, and this is what he helps his clients do, guys. So grab a pen, grab some paper, and be prepared to learn and take notes. So Anthony, the first thing when you have a client that comes in the room and says, "Oh my God, Anthony, my ex husband or my ex wife is a narcissist," what? How? What is your approach
1: here? Well, the first thing that I do is I I I like to refer to it. I don't jump right out and do. Uh, the label, as far as saying narcissist i always uh, I always use the the term narcissistic tendencies mm. because yeah because the reason why I do that is because of the, a lot of the times i mean like you you kind of alluded to uh, it, the word narcissist is thrown around in pretty much every divorce situation or separation mm-hmm. or breakup or whatever, and clinically speaking, a lot of the times that 's not the case however, we all as human beings have the capability of of basically doing these narcissistic tendencies Mm -hmm. and the problem is is when it gets in a situation of divorce or custody dispute or or separation or whatever um though all of those tendencies are just aggravated and they're not only aggravated by what the person is doing but the effect is is more aggravating Mm -hmm. and so the reason why i don't like to use a label number one is because Number one, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I do have a background in it, but I'm not. I'm not here trying to diagnose people. Right. Uh, but number two, I think when we use a, a label, I think it almost gives us an excuse to accept it. If that makes sense.
0: Mm, break that down for us. You
1: know. You know what I mean. So, like, if if it's if someone's a narcissist, labeled a narcissist, then you're you're giving them an excuse to act that way, and you're giving yourself an excuse to accept it.
0: Ooh, I like Where, that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you just see the behavior and appreciate it for what it is, and it's just narcissistic behavior, narcissistic tendency, well, uh, n- number one, you can the, the person can freaking stop it, <laughs> and number two, you can stop putting up with it or stop dealing with it because it's not then it's it's not something you own really as a label. You know what I mean? I like, I
0: like it. I like it. Yeah, like it. yeah.
1: If you own it, you can't get rid of it. If, if, you, if you're just kind of uh, acknowledging it and you're appreciating it, then you can deal with it. So, so that's really the first step uh, that I at least try to talk to people. Um, it, it, but look, it, like, let's be honest. There are situations that are extremely severe, extremely violent when you're deal- actually dealing with a clinically labeled narcissist, and in those situations, I mean, no, the, 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 the thing people have to do is, number one, get self help for themselves, professional help. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's, that's some serious shit. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and try to talk the person or their family into serious help, to, to real professional help, you know? Right. Um, but when we're just dealing with the behavior, there's certain things that we can do to, to move past it.
0: Okay. Okay. It. So, yeah, I, I like that you said that because I do think that it is, and I remind people all the time, I'm not a therapist. I am not qualified to diagnose anybody with having a personality disorder. That doesn't mean that I can't recognize traits in some of y'all's asses yep. though. Yep. yep. Um, You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to re- get the DSM and be like, oh, okay, this, this, and this, and put two and two together. So it is ultimately irresponsible for us to be throwing that word around as much as we do on social media, because most of us aren't really qualified. And I'll say just like, and I'd like to just reiterate um, with what Anthony said, some of us can be situational narcissists, just like there's situational depression, There are certain seasons of our lives that cause us to feel and react in a more high conflict way than other seasons. And divorce is probably going to be one of the most grueling, is the word that Anthony used, times of your life. So it's going to bring some stuff out of your character that otherwise you might be able to keep under control. Yep, absolutely. So this seems like kind of a dumb question, Anthony, but divorce is hard anyway. Why is it? so much harder with kids like why are they the asset that we fight over the most uh
1: it's uh the reason why is because it's the the emotional contribution from from kids like I always say in any divorce you're dealing with the person that knows you most right you you obviously you're probably you're probably sleeping with that person um you know all the darkest secrets of that person um you know they know what makes you happy what makes you sad what makes you angry what what pisses you off, what, what freaks you out. And in a regular divorce, all of that emotion is thrown in there. Uh, and there is a, an embarrassment factor too, because no one, you know what I mean? It, depending on where you live in the world, the communities usually are all watching you. You know what I mean? You have your yes. family, your friends, everybody, your circles trying to pick sides and all that. bullshit. Yes.
0: Uh-huh. And,
1: and then what we do is when we throw in the kids, you're basically just doubling that emotional contribution. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. So
1: like you're already trying to make rational decisions with emotion, which doesn't work. And then when you throw in your kids, you're doubling that emotion. You're it, it's, 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 they're the, the, the thing, the people that you love most uh, you created the, them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a biological thing. It's a psycho psychological thing. It's an emotional thing. There's a, there's an innate desire for us to not only feel loved, but feel like we are loving our -hmm. kids. So when that time, even if you're, you know, even if you're on a 50, 50 schedule, when that time's cut in half, it's, it's incredibly emotional. And you're, you're like, I always say there's two, basically two parts of our brain. There's the rational part and the emotional part. And Mm -hmm. And we need to use the rational part when we're dealing with divorce, separation, breakups, custody, the whole thing. But the problem is, is that emotional part always takes over.
0: Mm. And
1: yeah. And it always puts us in a position. Um, I like to, I like to have people visualize it as like a snowball rolling down a hill. Like right. once you, once you start in, on that path of making your emotional decisions, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And worse. Um, But the good thing, the good news is, is nothing's insurmountable. So you can always flip it. You can always change it. It's just small habits and things like that.
0: So have you ever seen any of these crazy divorce cases where the client walks in and then you meet the other party, they're soon to be ex, and you're like, oh God, these people will never get along. I don't even see how they were together in the first place, but then something happened and it turned around where they became amicable. Have you ever seen a situation like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. And so what's the, how do we get there then? I want to know what's the formula that these people used to go from crazy to yeah. kind of sort of not so crazy. I,
1: I think one of the, the biggest things is the finality of the divorce. I think that when, when it's fresh and when we're involved in it and when we're fighting and we, we, as attorneys, we, we, uh, we fuck it up for lack of a better term because mm-hmm. we are. You know, and it's not intentional. We're trying to do our jobs, but once, let's face it, once you hire an attorney in a divorce, the the communication is usually cut off between the parties, right?
0: Absolutely, we are not talking um, anymore. It's war at this. Yeah,
1: point. it's war, and it's it's. I always think it's funny because the parties hate each other, but it's like as soon as an attorney's involved and files a complaint, it's like all of a sudden they're offended. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, like you you already didn't like each other. You already split up. And then it's like, as soon as you get served with a complaint, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe, I can't believe he could do, he would do that, or I can't believe she would do that. So then the attorneys get involved, and then there's it's it's twofold. It's it's first the communication usually stops, but then the second part is there's that innate competitive desire in human beings to want to win, right? Right. Like we want we want to win in court. So you're always like, oh well, I'm going to tell them you did this, or I'm going to tell them you did that, or I'm going to tell. None of it's usually relevant. so the way that I usually see people eventually becoming amicable is, is when it's over. So my thing always is, and it's, it means less money for the attorneys, but it's better for the people, is to try to work to get it over quickly. Like, right. And it's not always going to happen. There's always, you know, depending on the economics of the case, um, you know, there's always issues uh, that need dealt with. But, but I always notice, you know, and it was the same in my divorce, too once once the divorce is final it it usually it usually kind of relieves some of the hostilities cuz it's almost like a closure closure type thing
0: so who's the person to make the phone call be like all right i know we just went to war i know that you blew my arm off i just blew your leg off yeah. um so let's shake hands and figure this thing out uh, yeah. I, I see i see a lot of people that are still reeling from me after effects of their divorce, 10, 15, yeah. 20 years later. But yeah. then you have a select you, like you said, after yours, you're like, all right, all yeah. right. So we, we still got to do this because there's kids here. So we got to yeah. figure this out. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I always, the way that I look at it and the way that I try to coach people is it's not necessarily like a phone call or like a reaching out or, or like, uh, you know, raising the white flag or anything like that. What it, what it is, is it's basically a consistent, uh, a consistent behavior and habit and what you do is basically you start off with and it's so it's so hard because you want to rip the first person's face off right. but to to basically just as you were taught as a kid like you know doing something nice like saying something nice mm-hmm. like you know and, and it it goes a long way. Like, you're a, like,
0: hey, you're not as crazy today, or you're not as fat as when we were together. Like, yeah. something nice like that. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. well, I mean, <laughs> nice. Or even, like,
1: even if they <laughs> even if they do, say that they do something, say that with a custody situation, mm-hmm. and say that the other party, um, I don't know, sends you an update or something uh, of what's going on and what happened with the children. Maybe something happened. Maybe the, the child, I don't know, you weren't able to be at a baseball game and the child hit a, Home run at a baseball game, or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The 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 nice thing that that person would be able to do is to share that, like, but in a in a if it's text message in like a good delivery sort of way, you know.
0: Not um, saying, "Hey, asshole, you missed your yeah. kid's game today." But guess yeah. what? Your stepdad is going to be here. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It would be something. It would be more like you know, "Hey, uh, here's this quick video clip. Like, I thought you would want to see it." Um, You know, I I wanted to share it with you, something like that. And and I don't care. You could be gritting your teeth. You could be cursing them out in your head, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the receiving party, instead of just like ignoring it or like, cool, thanks, like be like. Hey, you know that that really meant a lot to me. Like I really appreciate that. Like
0: Okay, you know what? That, that just gave me lot. an idea. That just gave me an idea. Let's do a role play. I'm yeah. gonna be the crazy high conflict bitch. Oh, and you're right. gonna be <laughs> <laughs> you're right. and you're gonna be the person that is you're gonna be the example. You're gonna be the one that's teaching us how we should be. So um yeah. let's see. Let's text message. Okay, so boom, yep. clicking on my phone, texting, texting. Hey Anthony, your kids had a game today. Um here's a picture of junior. If you were here and a better father, then you could have caught it, but that's okay because I'm going to find him a new dad really soon.
1: Oh, <laughs> all right. So it's, yeah, this is good. So first off, what I, what I would do is I would tell, and, and I'll, I'll role play too, but I got to at least explain it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Explain it. Please, yeah, please. Yes.
1: Yeah. So first off, the number one thing would be to keep your, keep your uh, emotions in check. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you can respond without being, Pissed off, which in, after getting that text is going to be really tough, mm-hmm. then you respond. And if you can't, what I have is I have, uh, I tell my uh, parents and parties that I work with, is I have what's called the wait an hour rule. Mm-hmm. So it would basically, unless it's something that is dealing with the well being or the safety of the children, which obviously you would respond, you'd have to respond immediately. Right. Unless it's something like that, all you do is you turn your phone off, you put your phone down. Go have a glass of wine. You go for a hike. You go walk outside. You go play with your kids. You do, go do whatever for at least an hour, and then you respond,
0: okay. so that you're, you're not cooled resp- down by these. Exactly,
1: exactly. And I, I always, like, I like to say the cool head always rules in these yes. cases. Like always, yes. cool head always wins. Um, so what I would do with, with that uh, very friendly text that you just sent me <laughs> is, is if I was if I was too hot to respond, I would go and wait an hour. Um, but what I would do then is my response would be something like, uh, listen, I, I appreciate you sending me that picture. I know I've done a lot of bad things in the past and I know you're hurt and I know you're angry and eventually we're going to get past this, but I do want to thank you for sending me that. Wow. And then that's it.
0: Okay. So let me see, cause I can turn my crazy up because you know what happens you try to disarm the craziness from a person yeah. and they want to keep it going. Yeah. Okay. So my response is, yeah, you sure did do a lot of bad things in the past, by the way, the $6,000 that you send every month in child support, is not enough. Are you going to come by and pick up junior to buy him a new pair of shoes for baseball?
1: Uh, that one, I would probably just ignore it.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, I would
1: probably just ignore it.
0: Why would because, you ignore that one?
1: Uh, I would either ignore it or I would ask that be to, to ask them to sit down and discuss it. Like, listen, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's going to depend if there's a court order, if you're already getting wage attachments, what your salary is, how your income is right. figured out. But I would either just ignore that because it's just, uh, it's not very productive. You know, it's not a very productive text. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start getting into an argument, you're not winning anything in that argument. Cause the person's never, she's never going to be happy. Right. So if I didn't ignore it I, and I thought there was some truth to it, that I'm not paying enough, then I would ask And to I sit would down. think
0: that $6,000 is enough to cover a pair of sneakers. I would, I so. I would hope
1: so. I would hope so. I, I don't
0: yeah. know what type of sneakers kids are wearing yeah. these days, but I didn't right. have $6,000. Yeah, no, right. right. Okay, Right. Right. So you ignore yeah, but, it.
1: I think so. Because I think what people like, like we're, we're talking about the, the, the narcissism and the crazy, crazy yes. ass people, but what, what people need to understand. And, and since this is uh, uh, an episode geared towards guys, what well, you guys need to understand and you can correct me if I'm wrong Anasia, mm-hmm. being a female and, and this works both ways for, but since we're speaking to men, I'll speak to men, but it, it works yeah. both ways. That anger and that heat is coming from a place of pain. Mm. That's all. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's all it is. It's coming from a place of pain. It's come, that's where that's created. Like it's, uh, I, think, I think it was Tony Robbins says, says something to the effect of like every communication in life is either a, a, coming from a place of love or coming from a place of pain.
0: Mm,
1: and, yeah. and it's so true. So if you can realize that like the, the, the darts and the daggers that they're throwing at you, they're really just doing it to protect themselves.
0: Because they're hurting.
1: Yeah. Then it's easier to disarm it. Okay. You know, and and it's tough to do because you really you have to take the emotions out of out of you. So, um, you know, it's almost it's almost like once you're over it, it's going to be easier for you to help the other person get over over it if you're doing the right things. If that makes sense. Right.
0: Right. So then, considering that I'm already over it, or the other party's already over it. You're already over it. And me, I'm the woman that's texting you. I'm still in this bad place. How do you know when it's time to just cut off the communication completely and use one of the parenting apps or go back to court to kind of revise um, some of the boundaries of your court order? Uh, When is enough enough?
1: I think enough is enough when it starts affecting the kids. I think, yeah, I think you can, you, the two of you can get as heated as you want, um, you know, I guess I should revise that. I guess I should say when it starts affecting the kids or when it actually becomes like a safety concern. Okay. You know what I mean? Because arguing and bickering and stuff like that's going to happen. And that's not, that's it's a pain in the ass, but it's not really hurting anyone. Right. As soon as it comes into a safety concern or it's affecting your kids. And unfortunately you're not going to be most likely be the first person to see that because you're blinded by all this emotion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, but once it does that, it's, it's, enough is enough for sure. Because then it's like, you know what, now you're not just fucking up your own lives. You're messing up your kids too.
0: So what, how do you prove that? Because a lot of people that we talk to will say, oh, she, he or she is alienating this child. I've yeah. seen a change in the kid. The kid is withdrawn and detached. They don't want to talk to me on the phone. Um, they cry the entire time. How do you, how can you prove that it's affecting the kids in court? Yeah, what do we I need mean, to say
1: well, to prove it? Yeah, so what I, one of the things that I always do, and I have a real quick uh, YouTube video on this, is I, in, in being Italian, I relate it to spaghetti sauce. <laughs> um, and I say that anything that you're trying to prove in court, instead of proving that something's spaghetti sauce, you have to, you have to prove the ingredients, okay? Mm. So you're not going to just walk into court and be like, you know, hey, my ex-wife is screwing up our kids. She's alienating them from me. Um, you know, because the judge hears that all, every day, like in, in, in to the people in court, it's the most important thing in their life. But to the judge, right. it's like one out of like 500 cases. I
0: think. Right. You're just another number to them. And yeah. People don't really understand. They don't like to digest that. But it's. A yeah. Fact.
1: Yeah. So instead of proving spaghetti sauce, you would prove uh, that these are crushed tomatoes, that this is oregano, that uh, this these are mushrooms, that this is pepperoni or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's the, same, it's the same with proving that, that your kids are being affected. You're not going to just go in and try to prove and sh- tell the judge, my kids are really being affected by this. You would want to bring up the actual ingredients, the actual uh, data that can actually be measured. Um, they're missing school, you know, uh, three days out of every 14. Right. They're, they're late to school 90% of the time when they're with the other party right uh their grades have gone down drastically over the past two semesters um, okay so
0: this is stuff that you you would have to basically bring in really right. fast concrete proof you need something tangible yes. to show so yes. you can't say oh my kid doesn't want to hug me anymore like that's not going to yeah
1: yeah that's not going to that's not what that that might that might help you prove something to get a result that actually is going to uh, benefit you and I'll get back to that in a second but mm-hmm. it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything to help quote-unquote win against the other party or to win more time and what I mean by it doing something that can proving something that can actually benefit you is like something like that instead of you might you would probably be better off instead of like just trying to uh, show the judge that the other side's a dick mm-hmm. you would, you <laughs> would wanna, like you would you would maybe uh suggest some sort of like reconciliation therapy.
0: Right. Or like okay. something
1: like that, because then you're showing that your only concern is the child, that it's not just one upping your, your ex. Mm-hmm. And also it could benefit your relationship with a child. Uh, too. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Um, okay. And,
1: yeah. And, and what, what people need to understand and, and, and this was, this was actually something that was very difficult for me to, to figure out in, in my own personal divorce. Mm-hmm. Kids, kids are going to now, and obviously in a situation where there actually is parental alienation going on, then yeah, you got, something's got to be done about it. Right. But if it's a situation where they're kind of like, they're not communicating. They're not responding to your texts. They're not calling you as much as you'd like. They're not hugging you. They're kind of detached. Certainly you'd want to try to work on something, but what you want to make sure too is that you need to realize, and, and this was difficult for me to figure out, but I'll, I'll kind of ex- explain to you how I, I, deduce this. You need to remember that kids, all kids and all human beings really have a different way of showing love to different people. Right. Right. And here's what I mean by that. Like when I first uh, got separated and uh, if I would be away from my kids and if I would text them, I have three, three boys. And if I would text them and they would not always like respond to to everything or they would not always like, I, I just wasn't feeling the love. Right. 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 And I was, and, and I immediately jumped to like, what's she telling them about me? What is she, you know, like the human, that's a natural knee jerk human reaction, right? Like, uh, what does she say about this whole thing? Like, what, I, what's she telling them? I can't, I don't understand whatever, whatever. But then here, what I did was I started looking at my life as a son and I started seeing very quickly. And it's so crazy. Like, my I love my dad to death. Like mm-hmm. I think he is like the, the coolest guy, the best dad on earth. Yeah. But yeah. even today at forty one, whenever I'm traveling, I never text him.
0: Like, <laughs> I,
1: you know what I'm saying? Like I text yeah. my mom. I text, text my mom. mom. Like, yeah. I text my mom. <laughs> like hey, hey, I'm taking off. Hey, I just landed. Like yeah. hey, and it's not because my, I don't like my dad. Like I think my dad's the greatest thing in the world. It's just that we have a different relationship. Right. You know what I mean? My dad, if I texted him, he'd probably be like, Oh, cool. You see, or, you know, right? like, yeah. Like,
0: yeah. You just, you have a different thing with both parents. It's the same yeah. way with my husband. And yes, like yeah, like me, I'll text my dad first. Always, always yeah. text my dad first. Mom. Eh, eh, yeah. And it's,
1: and, it, it, and see, it's funny that you say that because usually it is the opposite sex. Parent.
0: A, yeah. True. Like
1: usually there is. So I, I, it, it took a while for me to realize that, but then I understand, understood that, wait a second, these boys are going to be bonded with their mom differently than they're bonded with me.
0: Right. right? Mm-hmm. And,
1: and all of our differences should be thrown out the window. And it, like what I said, I automatically turn the anger towards her because you, you, to to you start to try to blame someone else, right? Because mm-hmm. we, like, as human beings, we can't be the one that are screwing things up, right? <laughs> we, right, we're not right. Someone else. But in reality, like, I should have never done that. Like, I should have just, like, because if they are, you can't stop it anyway. Like, if she, right. if she is acting some way or saying, you can't stop it anyway. I mean, so. we
0: do have some cases where we know for a fact that the child is being discouraged from... Mm-hmm being close to their other parent anymore absolutely you know and i'm glad you gave i'm glad you gave some tactics on what to do when it's really happening because you know parents we have some sneaky ways of getting kids on our side so you know we'll say and do little things like for example at a basketball game i was and you know that's one of the worst things is is going to these sports events because you can tell which kids parents don't get along because you know they're dribbling the ball up and down the court and you can see them trying to catch mom's eye on one side and dad is sitting yep. on the way opposite side with his new girlfriend. And, you know, the kid yep. doesn't know who to talk to when the game is over because it's like, damn. And mom will, you know, the kid will come over and run over to dad. When he's with his new girlfriend. So mom will be like, little Billy, come back. Yep. You know, it's yep. just little yep. things like yep. that, that. So what's the it's, long-term effect, is. though, on, on the kids, you know, when they see little crap like this? Is this like just something, is that a part of their lives or is this actually a long-term effect?
1: uh it's it's just a, it, I think what it does is it eventually builds up a resentment for one or both of the parties
0: um mm, yeah, mm. you know what
1: I mean, which is never healthy um typically it's a resentment that's just held in or overlooked because I mean there are parents, so you kind of just deal with it later yeah. in life, you know um but it can be like in in the in the now like it can be a big thing depending on the age. Just because they're always on edge, and like that's that's no way to live life, like uh, uh, for anyone, you right. know what I mean. When you're constantly on edge, there there definitely is. A, you know, I'm I'm certainly not an expert, but there definitely is a long term effect. Well, you're a you're... parent,
0: and you are a divorce attorney and divorce coach. So I would yeah. def- I would say that you are an expert. Before but, we sh- it, yeah. before we shift gears and get into the legal stuff, I kind of I want to bring up step parents because there's a lot of people on here. That yep. are step parents. And normally, um, I'm talking to stepmoms. I got a whole platform just for stepmoms. Shout out to all of my VIP stepmom members. If you're not a member right now, go check out VIPstepmom.com. Hi, y'all like how I did that, right? I love it, love it. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> typically I'm talking to stepmoms because step moms are not ashamed to air their grievances, especially with dealing with a biological mother who is, you know, still maybe caught up in the throes of not being able to know how to coexists with her co-parent so i want to talk about dads though like what happens when because we know legally speaking step parents don't have rights but if we if we, if we have a lot of women that are listening to this that maybe went and grabbed their men because they're like oh my god anthony's on he's talking to the guys right now so anthony what advice can you give these fellas these divorced dads out here whose children are maybe going to get a new stepdad soon and Even further, if the dad does not have 50-50 custody or if mom is custodial parent, that means another guy is going to be spending probably more time with your seed than you are. So what type of advice do you have for the divorced and separated dads that are in this situation? And I want you to speak from a father's perspective and from a legal perspective.
1: Yeah. So from the father's perspective, um, I I haven't been subject to that yet because my ex has not moved on yet. Uh, but what I would suggest doing, what I plan on doing, is um, is talking to the person. Honestly, talk, talking to the person. Don't let like, don't let the awkwardness, uh, you know, because it, it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen, and there's not going to be anything you, other than the fact that if like the person's like a total drug addict or like abusive or like something right. like that, right. it's good. It's going to happen, and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. So honestly, I would talk to the person. I would reach out to person. Now, granted, if it's a situation where like they were in the relationship before, uh, uh you know, you and your wife, are. yeah, then that's a little, that's, that gets dicey. Uh, but even then, you know, eventually maybe not right out the gate, uh, but eventually, I mean, if you truly want what's best for the kids, then you got to talk, like, you gotta talk. You gotta be an adult and talk to them and hash out. You know, if there's differences, you gotta hash out your differences. Um, if there's a, a an expectation on either side, you, you gotta lay them out. Um,
0: so, what are it, some healthy dad expectations?
1: Uh, what do you mean? Like, 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 as like far Oh,
0: at, don't spank my kids. Don't play basketball with them because that's our thing. Like, you know, because I've seen some parents kind of cross the line. So yeah. What are healthy? What What should a fella expect from his his ex wives or ex-girlfriend you know his child's mother's new guy so
1: so the the way that I like to explain it is first off there needs the 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 co-parenting between the the ex-husband and ex-wife has to be has to be uh congruent so there has to be there has to be a commonality there where they can co-parent Together, Right. Mm-hmm. And then from a from a stepdad perspective, what the father should be thinking, what his expectations should be, would be for that person basically to support that co-parenting plan with the ex-wife. Does that make sense? Yes. So the the, the parenting, uh, you know, methodology and the modalities and stuff that people use those co-parenting strategies have to be on board from the, the ex-husband and the ex-wife first. right? And then the expectation should be that that new person is going to support that in her house. Not, you know, if you want to look at, how, if the next question is going to be how,
0: mm-hmm. and by God, it <laughs> should
1: not, at least in my situation, and I'm sure all the dads listening, and not definitely not by physical contact, Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't lay a freaking hand on my kid. Like, I don't care what they did. You just, you don't Don't, do it.
0: Don't do it. Don't do
1: it. Um, If you're, if you're reprimanding the child, like, I'm sorry, but like, if the child needs it, the child needs it, you know, it should be, like I said, it should be, it should be parallel and congruent to that co-parenting plan or activities or whatever they do that the, the, the ex-wife and the ex-husband have in place
0: right um, right
1: because here's what happens and people don't like to acknowledge this but but kids mm-hmm. like as human beings we are all taught at a very young age uh to that, that we do basically we figure out ways to do certain things to get what we want right
0: mm-hmm. right
1: and we do that all through our lives. And kids are the exact same way. So what kids, you know, one of the things in, in one of my programs that I focus on is parenting through a custody battle.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, and the reason why it's one of the reasons, I shouldn't say the reason, but one of the reasons why it's so difficult is because the, the kids have these innate abilities of being able to figure out what they can do to get what they want. And, and they too, they learn how to play the system. Like they, they learn mm-hmm. how to play the system. So if yeah, you're they tra- do that with
0: parents that are completely yeah, married and together.
1: Yeah, So like uh you know you so they know how to play the system. So if they're telling you stuff about this new stepmom or stepdad, like you gotta make sure they're not just telling you because you they think that's what you wanna hear. Right, and you, you got to make sure that they're not just telling you it because they had
0: a because your children will play you, parents. See they will. Every, I listen. They I, I, will. When you guys send your kids to me to coach them, your children have the ability to play you. You know where they learn it from? They learn it from you, parents. So they do. they will play you,
1: they and they do. know they They do. So what and about it's from a, a
0: legal perspective, though, Anthony? Um, yep. you know, like if a dad thinks that something is off, but mom is the physical custodial parent. You can't just go and take, gank your kids out of school and be like, you're going to come live with me now. Right. And I, and, and, you know, this is so hard because fellas, you know, you guys will go over and you'll beat somebody up. You know, if somebody hurts your kid, you'll be ready to put some paws on them. So from a legal perspective, what can a smart dad do to keep himself out of jail and to keep his kids safe?
1: In, in, In what specific situation?
0: Let's just say you have a stepdad that is overstepping in such a way where your kids might not be safe. Or you don't feel your kids are staying safe,
1: yeah, then it's going to depend on the, the child's age because if they're a certain age, then they're what they have to tell the judge is going to matter you know um, but they should they should go into court and if there's not, if there's not already some sort of an order in place, then they need to 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 set the motion of a new case in place, mm-hmm. and if there is an order of court that's being overstepped or that something's just not right, then they got to get back into court to modify it, so whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so whatever their local rules and laws are as far as modifications and and when you can modify a current order, you know, they should go in to get it modified or look for uh, some sort of special relief, you know, is the... the You mean like an emergency
0: order of some sort?
1: Well, it would be an emergency order if it was like a serious situation, um, uh, like a drug and alcohol situation or an abuse Mm -hmm. situation or something like that. Uh, or emergency from a timing standpoint. Um, And if that's going on, certainly you'd want to get into court as soon as you can with an emergency modification or special relief. But if not, then you want to get in just on your, whatever your regular court schedule is
0: uh, Mm -hmm. to
1: to get that order either changed or to get the, you know, to get on the same page.
0: And it's always so easy to say, Oh my God, go to court, go get a court order. But I know that when my family and I were going through the the hell of alienation and keeping the kids away, you know, all that stuff that happens that that people try to go fish right under the net for, Um, you know, we would call the cops and the cops would be like, well, you got to get an order. We're like, well, here's your orders right here. We're supposed to have the kids on this weekend. They're right there. Can you go and get them? They're like, oh, well, we can't forcibly remove kids. Right. And they're like, well, so then you got to go get an attorney. They're going to yep. file a contempt charge. The judge is probably going to give the parent that's withholding the children a slap on the wrist and you're yep. out of $3,000 for a retainer. So what the hell are we supposed to do if we are just constantly frustrated and we don't have the three grand to constantly keep playing, paying? Yeah. Cause if kids are with from for me, I'm going to tell y'all, Miss naja, I'm like, listen, I want their ass to get the electric chair. I'm tired of playing. Okay, yep. I'm don't give them contempt charges a slap on the wrist and don't give them 30 days in jail I want to see him yeah. hang damn it so yep. what yep. can really happen wait like what's the most that we can make happen to somebody that's playing games with the system
1: well to be honest that's why that's why I created uh and it's funny because we didn't have this plan this transition plan but I'm gonna just tell you yeah, that's what that's why that's why I created my programs online was because what I did was, I started seeing more and more people were starting to represent themselves in family court. And the yes. reason why is because we're attorneys are just damn expensive. Like, you, you can't, like,
0: and you're an attorney, so you, yeah. Know. <laughs> oh, and I, like,
1: I, I tell all my clients the only winner in this case is going to be me.
0: Oh, <laughs> see, I would hire you just off like of your honesty. And it's I true. Would.
1: Like, it's true. And I tell them, like, if there's something they want to go into court, I'm going to be like, look. Here's what this is going to end up. Like some, some attorneys are like, yeah, let's go. Like let's, you, you know, we'll pin their ass to the wall. Like give me five grand, like whatever. Right. But, but like, that's why I started these programs because my my main program, the Custody Case Mastery for for Parents is, is a program geared towards helping both pro se and represented parents by teaching them things from, uh, there, there's basically four factors that I walk them through mm-hmm. is mindset, communication, preparation, and presentation. Okay. So, and it teaches them the mindset, the cool head, the, you know, how the ego gets involved, how to deal with the narcissistic tendencies, how to, how to keep yourself cool, like how to approach it from a rational standpoint, not emotional, like all that. And then the communication, how to communicate with your ex, how to communicate with the judge, the judge's staff, the other attorney on, on social media, like all that. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: And then preparation, how to, how to prepare your evidence, how to prepare your case, how to how to, you know, have things in order so you're ready to rock and roll. And, it, and right.
0: that's the hard part. That's the part that gets intimidating yeah. if you're not a law person to fill yep. out all of this paperwork. So, your yep. courses, and guys, you know, y'all know that I'm not big on selling people. You know, I like to have genuine conversations with real human beings. So, this is not yeah. about sales. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want y'all to just say, like, this is not about sales, period. I want y'all to just realize that because y'all know that's not what I'm about. But yeah. if there's a person that has a course that can help my audience, then I do want you to go and get it. And of course, I'll give you guys. Um, all of the links and stuff uh, we'll be yeah. here at the end. So the yeah, people at least, at, at least
1: check it out, you know, because I mean, if it's not for them, it's not for them, and I know. Right, uh, but I'm if it way. is for
0: you, and if you're yeah. going to save three to five grand on legal fees, especially if you have an ex that has has maybe more financial means than you, or they know, or they've already taken Anthony's course and you haven't. So they're constantly yeah. filing paperwork on your ass and you don't know what to do. So, you, you know, you kind of need to be armed. So for a person like me that's not big on courses, and I've probably created 13 courses in my life, but I just don't like taking courses. For yeah. a person like me, so are your courses befitting for somebody that is like me that'll just buy it and be like, oh God, I don't really feel like doing it. Like what?
1: Well, the cool part about it is there. there's the actual courses, there's the actual material in the membership page, but then there's also an inner, two, a 2 basically two different ways that it's interactive the first way is that there's a private uh, facebook community for for it's the, my mastermind community it's for the students only so it's a community that's no drama you know they've all ta- they're all in the course they've all taken the course so they're all educated parents but then you also get their perspectives and and the way they may have read something maybe not read but watch something may have been different from you, a situation, mm. you know what I mean? So you get yeah. to talk to these people. And then the the second prong of the interactive is that um, I go live every month with a new topic and I teach a new topic and then I also do a live Q&A. So okay, okay. Yeah, a live Q&A on that new topic or anything at all that they're having an issue with, you know, something something with the course that they didn't understand, a, an issue with their case, with you know, a fight that just happened or whatever that I can try to walk people through. So it's not just a situation where you would just take this course and then, you know, try to sit in front of the computer and listen to this course, like all the materials there, but it's also from the interactive standpoint that really like kind of ingrains it into people, you know?
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I, I like that. I like it. And so I know I know I told you I was only going to keep you 30 minutes. You got like five more minutes. Yeah. Okay, so I cannot neglect my stepmoms, my fellow stepsisters out there. You guys know that I ride, ride hard. I'm a ride or die for stepmoms. I love biological mothers too, but um, stepmoms, you know, you you ladies, you got a special place in my heart because I'm one of you. And oh, by the way, that pretty little blonde on your page is that your new wife?
1: Uh oh, that's my girlfriend.
0: That's your, oh, she's yeah, oh, Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you Thank have you a you have like a perspective a future stepmom possible stepmom in your life and so this is you know i'm going to advocate on behalf of her too because she's i'm sure she's seen some stuff you know dealing with a divorced dad even in a perfect co-parenting situation you're still going to deal with some stuff and i know you are an attorney but i kind of want the other perspective what can these fellas out there that are listening to this And their women have gone and grabbed them, So they're sitting right next to them. And ladies, if you have to pop them real quick in his shoulder to be like, listen, then please do that. So you have us, you've seen a lot. You're a divorce attorney. You're one of the top divorce attorneys in the country. You've represented the hell out of a lot of people here on the East Coast. You've taught hundreds of thousands of people through your courses. I went and looked at your numbers. I know you do really well. Um, And then you have the personal experience too. So what is it? What advice can you give to guys out here that you're divorced dad? You've gone through your legal process, and now you got this new lady in your life. <laughs>
1: yep, yep, yep.
0: How in the hell? What can these guys do to make it easier for oh, the new it, women yeah. that they're bringing into this situation?
1: Um, they need to make sure that they know every day because it's going to get crazy as hell.
0: <laughs> oh, um, we all, okay. yeah.
1: Yeah. So they need to make crazy. (laughs) You guys need to make sure that you're reminding the lady every day, how important they are to you, because a lot of times your actions aren't going to show that because you're either going to be bickering with the ex. You're going to be, you know, hanging out with the kids, spending more time with the kids, you know, including her, if she's included, if not, you know, if you're living separately or whatever. So you need number one to make sure that you convey to that, that woman, every day you know even a few times a day just just how important they are in the whole not only in your life but in the whole equation you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you need to include her even if it's not in front of the children include her on getting her input you know i think that makes i think when you feel like you're important i think that it's a good feeling for human beings to have right
0: right
1: um, so you, these guys need to be asking you know maybe something happens with the kids and you know you say like, Hey, you know what, did you see that happen? Or, or here's what happened? Like, I'm struggling with it. Like, can you, can you give me, can you give me some advice from your point of view? Mm. Um, you know what I mean? To, to include them in that process. Um, and, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's real. Those are really, it's all really basics. Like it's stuff that, because it, it, there's going to be miscommunications and you're not going to realize like how you're neglecting that person. You, right. You're just not because you get so hotly involved in the, the actual dispute and, and trying to like better your kids lives and that sort of thing. But you can't take you can't take focus away from someone who really matters in your life. What, what you guys need to be doing is you need to take an inventory every day of yourself and what you're thinking and feeling every day, how your relationship is with your children you know with this new relationship and those are basically the three components that you're going to be able to determine if this is smart or not like I don't I don't care how good the sex is like if it's not bettering you for your kids and, and and you're not you don't like you know if you're going freaking crazy every day like it's not it's not for you like it's just not being adult about it have the tough conversation that you need to have with the person um but you know, if, if, if you're feeling, if you're feeling good, if you're, and it doesn't have to be every day, obviously, but in general, like if you're the kind of person that you want to be, you know, if you're not flipping out every day, if you're not depressed, if you're not fighting every day um, and and look, look for the kids. I mean, the kids are, are are so important, obviously. Um, And if you're not being the person that you need to be for them to, to have an impact on their life, then you're in the wrong relationship.
0: Mm. You, know,
1: you got to just, just have that tough conversation. I mean, there's millions, of, there's millions of other men and women out there and you don't even necessarily even need to be with somebody. You know, if it's not, if it's not making you who you want to be um, and it's holding you back in some way, then, 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 then get out of it. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. So one thing that I always do at this start of a conversation with a person is kind of ask them about themselves, but I was so excited to jump right into the combo that I didn't really dive into finding out who you are, what makes Anthony as a dad, um, a man as a human being. So kind of, I just wanted you to just kind of rewind a little and go back and tell us like, who, who is Anthony? What makes Anthony tick?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm, like I said, I have three boys, two, three Italian boys, Dominic, Gino, and Rocco.
0: What part of Italy uh, is your family from? Uh, a little
1: town called Supino, which is a little south of uh, uh, Rome. Like yeah. south, Ooh. West, yeah, south, south-ish, yep.
0: So do you speak Italian?
1: No, not, not one lick. No. Okay, <laughs> okay, no. okay. Um, but yeah, I, got, I mean, I got, I, so I, I try to, you know, I, I do 50-50 right now with my ex. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and did you we just—I um, did personally. She had an attorney, and oh, we wow. had never—we never filed anything for custody, so we don't have anything written down at all. We've just been able to work it out. Which, oh, you guys uh, are like okay.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And you yeah. know, I guess if I was a woman and I was divorcing a divorce attorney, I probably would be very.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's what happened. I think that's why she got someone involved because she didn't want me to like do anything tricky or anything like that, even though
0: yeah.
1: I never had any, any plan to, but, um, you know, and even, even in my divorce, like it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it was a, from a divorce standpoint, it was a very uncomplicated and not like a, a dirty divorce, but it mm-hmm. was still brutal. Like it was, Mm. it's brutal. And that's why I started doing, you know, the programs, the coaching, like everything is because I never, like, I I always did an excellent job at being an attorney and I always represented my clients well, but until I actually went through it, like I had no idea like what they were going like you know what i mean like I, you'd come home hell yeah from being in court and you'd be like what the hell are these people fighting about and then, and like, then it
0: became you, your life
1: yeah and then when you go through it it's like everything your client says is like i get it i get that like
0: that's good that for me to hear I don't know what
1: yeah is. Yeah. So, and I mean, and like I said, like I was lucky, like mine wasn't really nasty and dirty. It was, it it was bad. I mean, no divorce is good. And it was very taxing and brutal and like very difficult, but it it made me open my eyes to see like what these people are going through. And then like, I started looking at it from a standpoint of, oh my God, what if I wasn't a divorce attorney and coach? What if I didn't have a background in psychology? Like, Right didn't have different life coaches throughout my life like what if I didn't have all of these resources like most of my clients so that's when I started providing all of the you know the, the resources to them no one realizes it and like you're always like I kind of alluded to earlier in our conversation like when it happens like you're always depending on what area of the world you live in you're usually like the hot topic for the local community for yeah
0: <laughs> for a few weeks yeah I
1: yeah. And I'm, I'm actually a, a, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but I'm actually a minor court judge too. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm a magisterial judge. I don't hear anything like with regard to divorce. It's all just like small civil cases or, um, like criminal cases and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Um, okay.
1: But obviously being a, a public official in a small town, like, it, like my divorce was like, for some people for some reason it was like interesting (laughs) it was big news yeah so and and, like people get wrapped up into this stuff it's like it's a damn soap opera or something and if you let it it'll it'll start affecting the the divorce and it'll start affecting your mindset so you got to just not worry about what the hell other people say like right you can't concern yourself man like no one no one matter like people. I always say people try to control the lives of others, but can't even control their own damn selves.
0: Mm, like, we
1: you know what we I mean? Like, it, so you just gotta realize that like everybody's in the same boat, man. Like everybody has difficulties. Everybody is like messing up. Everybody's making mistakes. Like, just block out that noise because it's not it's not helping anyone.
0: Wow. So you know what? I learned a whole lot today, Anthony. I really appreciate you coming on. I got a chance to get to know you and. We realize that you are crazy like the rest of us. Everyone, I need you to go and visit Anthony's website. It's anthonybumpiani.com, anthonybumpiani.com, anthonybumpiani.com. You can also find him on social media, and be sure to tell him that Naja sent you. All right, I Know I'm Crazy. I will see you Tuesday after next. Remember, new episodes of I Know I'm Crazy every other Tuesday on your favorite streaming platform. I I Know I'm Crazy. I know I'm crazy.